from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. This week, we're talking about rampant homophobia in the USA in a casual fun way. Fun! Mm. Breezy. We're also going to be talking about why your favorite childhood film was probably a fraud. Oh. And after that, we'll be blessing the rains down in Africa. Oh, my favorite place to dance in the rain. So a few weeks ago, I was in my PJs because I was working from home. Mm -hmm. And my boyfriend came back from a long day at his work. Mm -hmm. I was just lounging and he was like, oh, so what did you do today? And I said, oh, you know, I just read the entire Internet. (laughs) And it's a joke, but it's also true. Do you feel like you have somehow got to the bottom of the Internet? The sound is the scraping of the floor. But it's a daily exercise because it just keeps on piling up. That's the thing on top of it. So, yeah, I have a high degree of nosiness. Mm -hmm. And that combined with a strong desire to know all the things makes me want to read everything on the Internet. And access to the Internet is just overwhelming. You went rootling around in the landfill of knowledge. Exactly just want to know things. I came across an article that I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Oh, okay. It was called How James Franco Exploits Queerness to Cover His Tracks. Oh. And I was like, wow. This you is like, I'm in. quite I'm in. the assertion. Ooh. Can you back it up? Is this post-Franco revelations? Post. <gasps> so oh. the thesis was... Oh, boop, back it up. The boop, boop, boop. <laughs> That's the sound of me backing it up. What did I I miss the Franco revelations? Ooh. Oh, that's gonna take a while, but basically all you need to know Is he know, on the wine scene list? You know the, the list of trash men? Yeah. He's gone on it. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. And even Oscar voters were like, All right, thankfully this happened with a week left of voting, so we don't nominate him and feel awkward when he comes to the Oscars. Mm. I've been saying for a long time, Dave Franco is the greater Franco. <laughs> <laughs> My list of Francos is short. It's got some dictators on it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Franco reference. Oh, Deep very cut. Much. Spanish Civil War coming yeah. in hot. <laughs> so the thesis was she was trying to draw a line between his history of queer baiting and like playing up this whole allegedly gay persona that mm-hmm. he has inside of him. The gay-ish persona. Yeah, gay-ish. Right. Emphasis on the ish. <laughs> trying to draw a line between that and him preying on women. It failed in that regard, but the article did do a good job of reminding me of all of the times James Franco has dallied with Playing gay for shits and giggles or for profit or for, quote, art's sake. So in case you don't follow James Franco's career, I created a little cheat sheet of all the times he's swerved out of his lane and into the LGBT HOV lane. Oh. Ah. Trying to use the carpools. There's only one person in his car and it's a straight man and he does not (laughs) belong in this lane. Okay, so everything from he played Allen Ginsberg in How, he directed a movie called King Cobra about a gay porn killer, he recreated a Tory Spelling Lifetime movie, but made it all about teen lesbian vampires. Oh, missed that one. (laughs) He was on the cover of The Advocate, Out Magazine. He was on the cover of Candy Magazine in drag. He published a book called Straight James slash Gay James. Mm, I mean, that's not even subtle. (laughs) And in another gay magazine, 429, his straight persona interviewed his gay persona. And it had quotes like this. I am, 
quote, gay in my art and straight in my life. Oh, God. He expanded on that by saying, quote, I guess it depends on how you define gay. If it means whom you have sex with, I guess I'm straight. I'm gay up until the point of intercourse. <laughs> so then what are we talking about here? Nailed he it. is exhausting. Can he just not? He can't just not. It's a lot. Someone who summarized how he is very well is Billy Eichner with a 2016 tweet that goes like this. James Franco is the Rachel Dolezal of gay people. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Reference checks out. Strong Whoa. checks out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, I respect anyone who wants to destroy binaries between gay and straight or male and female. Oh, yeah. Let's be clear. We're not ragging yeah. on that. If that's what I thought he was doing. But something about... Everything he does in this arena and the way he engages with gayness feels exploitative and self-serving to me. It Mm. grosses me out in a nutshell. (laughs) Can you tell? It's a gross little nutshell. Well, the thing is, like, I've been wondering about where the line between, like, allyship and cynical exploitation. Like, Mm -hmm. where is that line? He is tap dancing on that line. He tap danced right on over it, twerked on it. Okay. I mean, how how apt that you say twerking, because it reminds me of the way that often white artists will co-opt all the bits of black culture that they like. Justin. And will get them to the places they want (laughs) to go. (laughs) And then when people are dying in the streets, where where are they? Their voices are nowhere. Until they want to go back to the Caucasus Mountains and And put out a country out of the woods. Man of the woods. I'm in Malibu now, and I've never met a black person. <laughs> Cornos, I don't smoke weed. I don't know them. I don't know them. <laughs> James Franco's not alone. Mm. Identity tourism. Ooh, yeah. I love this term. Yeah, yeah. Identity tourism. Use it in a sentence. Mm. Call these people out. Word of the when day. When you see it. To Dolezal. Identity tourism, as mm. we've said. And pretending to be gay to appear more interesting or more transgressive or more taboo or to get closer to a straight girl or to get attention or to sell things to the gay community. Hello, Nick Jonas, with your shirt off constantly and on all the gay things. I'm not buying it. I don't buy your music. How much money has he donated to GLAAD? That's why I want to know. Where are the receipts? Maybe he has and I'll feel really bad about just saying that. Yeah, I'm not going on record because maybe he did get a huge chunk. But Did I say he hasn't? No. (laughs) Don't tweet her. We do not trade in fake news on this podcast. (laughs) We trade in uncertain statements. Exactly. Which are different. In in which we follow up with the word allegation. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly, allegedly, don't sue me. Citation needed. So this has been a thing in pop culture for a long time. So much so that there is an entry on TVTropes.com for this very thing. Quote, foyer. I'm sorry, what? F-A-U-X. Yay. Is that a Starbucks drink? (laughs) (laughs) Next season. Pumpkin spice foyer. There's also an entry on Urban Dictionary, FOMO, F-A-U-X. Oh, I see where they're going with that. Okay. Yeah. I was curious of like where pretending to be gay has come up in certain movies, and I wanted to find some examples, and it was not hard to find. Hmm. I'll just give you a few of them because we don't have all day. Okay. (laughs) A 2000 film called If You Only Knew, in which... A straight man pretends to be gay in order to become the roommate of his dream girl, which is so See? romantic if you ignore all that's the creepy peak, <laughs> That's peak dressing room. You know what Ooh. women love being lied to? Mm. Yeah. That's going to work out real well. And let me guess, they fall in love in the end and she forgives him for pretending to be gay to get close to her. I bet that's true. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching this trash film. Yeah, yeah. In 1999, Three to Tango. Chenandler Bong from Friends. Oh, you know I remember mm. this movie. And Nev Campbell, who's from everything else in the 90s. Mm. <laughs> I just remember the, the pool scene. That's all I got. Oh, wild yeah. things. Mm. 
So Chenan Lerbong, that's what I call that actor. Mm, obviously, duh. <laughs> pretends to be gay to keep an eye on his boss's mistress. He creepily watches her bathe and ends up falling in love with her because, duh. Doesn't this happen in Friends also? Isn't there some long-running <gasps> confusion? You're right. Along with all the, the hysterical gay panic in Friends. Ugh. But there is Two a men cannot line. hug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gay. Imagine such a thing, if you will. Mm. But I'm pretty sure he gets, there's some kind of hilarious plot line in which he is mistaken for gay. Does it all lead to getting a girl? A lot of these do. Okay. But some of them end up with you just being the most popular kid in high school because gay kids have such an easy time in high school. I was going to say, if I knew it was that easy to be popular back in the 90s in a small town, I would have just really pretended to be gay, you know? If you had seen MTV's Faking It, in which two straight girls realize the key to popularity is pretending to be lesbians, and they become homecoming queens. In what universe is this set Yeah, in? I'm trying to... <laughs> I went to the kind of school where you would get your face bashed in at any hint of gayness, and that is actually not a joke. That is uh. called the real world. That is called Earth. <laughs> and not, not the TV show real world. <laughs> yeah, and not that one. That's a different MTV hmm. property. An actor on that same show is going to be in a movie about pretending to be a gay quarterback so that he can go viral and write an article about it. I'm like... From the same show, the same premise, mm. of pretending to be gay. It's like that's a thing. thing. They're, they're making it a thing. This myth making like astounds me that this is somehow a passport to kind of the good life. Yeah, <laughs> it is not. Let me tell you. So easy when you just pretend. Question to you guys: Are there any bits of fake gayness in pop culture that spring to mind? Oh. Well, I was trying to think about how to put a positive spin on that because obviously one thing we don't want to do is is rag on the blurring of the lines in sexuality and gender. Like yeah. this is unequivocally a good thing. But I don't know. I was thinking a lot about Daniel Radcliffe, actually, <gasps> who has flirted with a similar gay persona, not to the Franco extent. Um, he's like graced the cover I feel like of that's Out. That's a philosophical theory now. I know. The Franco <laughs> extent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like Daniel Radcliffe's been on the cover of Out many times, you know, and said things that have that similar kind of like flirting with with that side of things. And then it's always just seemed very straight. And I, I've never been able to make up my mind about where allyship bleeds into co-opting right. and exploitation. Mm. Like the line between woke and gross James Franco fake gayness. I think the litmus test is like where is your voice when it matters? Like if you use that power to stand up for people who maybe are not as elevated as you in terms mm-hmm. of fame mm-hmm. or money or if you use it then you're in my cool book mm-hmm. and if you don't use it burn book. I uh, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just another kind There of is no in between. There's no gray area. Yeah. When you ask that question the first person that came to mind is Nicki Minaj. Go and on. so, yeah, go on. <laughs> I just remember when she first came out, there were a lot of comparisons to like Little Kim, and she had like, you know, the bubblegum sort of like hip hop pop thing going on. And one of the things that she did was talk about women like sexually a lot in her music. And a lot of people felt like she was using that as sort of a way to get attention, pretending to be a lesbian like in a lot of her it music. Factor. Mm. Yeah. Like I'm and Little Kim, but. A kind of game. Trying on yeah. the clothes, but not wanting to actually. And then now you see as her career has evolved, she's like dropped a lot of the like attention seeking stuff with the clothes. And she's just more focused on her talent, I would say. Like if she's actually legitimately queer and there is a blurred line with her sexuality, that's great. But if she was using it as this kind of it factor thing, mm. then that's where I have a problem. Which brings me to Katy Perry. Oh, oh I she kissed, kissed the girl. a girl. She liked it. But... 
she has gone on the record as saying like, oh, no, no, no. I'm 100% straight. I'm a Christian. I grew up in the Christian I church. Oh, she is. Girls. Like, she, she was, when she first came out, like super wholesome, right? Her parents are preachers. They don't like her colored wigs and the way she lives her life and all the stuff. She cries about it on live feeds. I think that's why she ended up married to Russell, Russell Brand. So she did Kiss a Girl. Mm-hmm. But her earlier single, You're So Gay, oh, which we've talked about on the show, I think, before, with lyrics such as, I hope you hang yourself with your H&M scarf while jacking off listening to Mozart. You're so gay and you don't even like boys. Ooh. I'm sorry, what? This is a song that came out. There's a music video for it. I remember it. it. People thought it was really funny at the time. She was like, oh, well, I'm not talking about gay people. And it's like, well, you're using gayness as a bad thing to say that this straight guy sucks and is terrible and should hang himself. What are you That is the about? second time this week that I've heard somebody try to back away from gay as being a slur and try to pretend like... I know who you're talking about. Cardi B. Yes. Yes. The Cardi B Quavo incident in which he said something in his song that was pretty derogatory. He said, I don't vibe with queers. And they're like, we didn't know queers meant gay people. Yeah. Like, let me me post uh, the definition but crop out the derogatory one. Like, it was just... I thought it just meant kind of weird. And then also she said, well, how are we supposed to know if you... Queer people don't teach us about no. it, and it's on you that you didn't teach us. Who it's said like, that? No, no, no. The burden Party. of education. She needs to <sighs> do fewer live Instagram videos and actually think of what she's going to say before, before she says it. Love Although her. that's why we love her, but not like, this. Uh, not like this. I just think it's very, it's she, very telling what words pop out of people's mouths when they're either not thinking mm. or they think not a lot of people are watching or hearing and people still use gay as a slur. Like, that was the era I grew up in. It yeah. was, that's so gay, you're so yeah. gay, it's so gay, mm-hmm. and it meant bad. When I go back home to Baltimore, which is allegedly a liberal place, <laughs> friends of my sisters say, that's so gay, to my still face. Still 2018? And they don't even register that that's offensive. It just huh. hasn't reached them yet. It's still very much a thing. So... All of this is much bigger than the movies that I mentioned or James Franco's queer veneer. Mm, queer veneer. We're just learning all kinds of vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> queer veneer, identity tourism, mm-hmm. um, the Franco equation effect theory. I'm just hooked on queer veneer sounding like an, a, an electronic pop duo from the 80s. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, we well just... let's make it a trio and exactly. we can be it. So we're at this interesting historical point. Where we've made enough progress where pretending to be gay and getting something good out of it seems ostensibly like something that could be plausible. Mm. And I think it's because, like, we have marriage equality now. Like, discrimination's so yesterday. Like, you got everything you needed, right? We <laughs> are good? post-race oh, and post-identity and post-sexuality. Oh, it's Clearly, all Clearly, it's over. It's done. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> A few weeks ago, the National Coalition of Anti-Violence Programs released a report on how gays are doing. How are they? How are are they, guys? Well, take in this number. Let it sit in your spirit. Oh, I'm not sure I want to. I checked it twice because I was like, I think I typed it out wrong. Hmm. Anti-LGBT homicides in the U.S. rose 86%. In 2017 over 2016. That's one year. 86% in a year. Yes. And that doesn't even include violence against LGBT people. That doesn't end in death. Mm. And that report's coming later, but they're like, the numbers aren't good. Yeah. Spoiler. You're not going to like that either. Then Glad was like, hold my beer. I have things to say, too. Here's a report. For the first time in years, tolerance of LGBT people has actually decreased. 
they found that more people said they were somewhat or very uncomfortable with the following things. People are uncomfortable with having an LGBT person in their family as their doctor, as their kid's teacher, uncomfortable with LGBT history taught in their schools, having an LGBT person be part of one's faith community, and even seeing gay people holding hands. Wow. All of those numbers went up. I must ask, to what do they attribute this Hmm. change? Well, Hmm. hmm. GLAD president and CEO Sarah Kate Ellis answers your question this way. Quote, 2017 brought heightened rhetoric toward marginalized communities to the forefront of American culture. Policies and headlines ran that were anti-LGBTQ, including the president's proposed ban on transgender people entering the military, confirmation of a Supreme Court justice opposed to marriage equality, and the passage of a state law in Mississippi, which allows businesses to legally deny service to LGBTQ families. Hmm, So you don't say. Hmm. So uh, what you're saying is there's a direct correlation between inflammatory rhetoric and like people's safety. Imagine that. Imagine wow. such a thing. Mind blowing. Oh, wait, really? I just did. Mm-hmm. The more you know. My favorite is when people say that equality's gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> you have too much civil rights. Well, this, that's the thing about the, equality. The definition it of equality cannot literally. go too far. <laughs> cannot by its very definition. So the GLAD CEO that I just quoted also said, in the past year, there has been a swift and alarming erosion of acceptance, which can only be fought by being visible and vocal. So in the spirit of being visible and vocal, I'm going to share a personal story that happened to me recently. And I wasn't going to share it on the show because it feels awkward to bring this kind of stuff up. But silence only helps the oppressor. So guess what, oppressor? We speaking up today. I'm here. I'm queer. I'm talking. Okay. I haven't even heard the story, and I'm glad you're telling it. Okay, let me suit up. We got to go get somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so picture it. Sun's out. I'm two blocks from my house. I'm on my bike, enjoying the breeze on my face, enjoying the read, my favorite podcast in my mm. ears. It's all good. Life is good in yeah. the liberal heaven of San Francisco. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it? That's what I thought. Until a car comes out of nowhere, almost runs me off the road. Mm. Someone puts their middle finger out of the window and says, F*** you, F word, the gay the slur. Other one. You know the one. This isn't the first time I've been called that in San Francisco mm. or in Reno or in Baltimore. You know, wherever I am, people want to share that word with me. Pick a city. Like, Pick a better, more creative word. I've heard it. I try not to get mad about these kinds of words. But the whole, like, almost hitting me with a car That's really a, yeah. got me pissed. That is... The whole thing. He gets stopped at a red light. I don't know. I didn't even think. I just started pedaling. It was just like red anger. And then I was like, oh, he's going to hear from me. Yes. And so he said his piece and I'm going to say mm-hmm. that. So I pedal up. Keep in mind, since we're on a podcast, you can't see my body. Like I can't defend myself because I don't have muscles. But I post up right next to his window and look right at him. Mm-hmm. And he's like avoiding my gaze. Are you serious? Oh. See, that is. The, see, here we go. Okay, because that is the thing. When I am in traffic and people are rude and they cut you off and they say curse words and they yell at you and they're just downright mean, I stare them down in the same way. Mm-hmm. If you rush off and you think you got away and then we meet at the red light, I'm all in your window. Yep. I'm looking at you. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, me. Hi. Hey, still here. Remember those rude things you said? Hi. Mm-hmm. Hey, see, how's it going? Funny how we ended up at the same light. Yes. Right. So he didn't even have the courage to look at you after he said that. No. And if you're going to be outwardly aggressive and homophobic, own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, as my grandma would say, don't write a check that your ass can't Right. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what I end up doing right now, <laughs> which is <laughs> I say, oh, now you don't have anything to say? Yes. 
I can't back that up with fists, <laughs> but I felt like I should say it. Mind fists. Did. Mind fists. Mind muscle. This is when he flings his door open mm-hmm. and tries to attack me, but he's seat belted in. And so all of his rage yes. is like captured and I'm just watching him struggle. And for Did you sp- pedal off at that point? Because I would have pedaled off. Well, I should have, but I just watched and I was kind of entertained for a split second. And then it went back to scary because then he unbuckled and oh, got in my face. He pulled back his fist and said... You want to fight? You want to fight? And I said, I would rather not, but I will use this bike lock against you if I must. Like, yes. I have always thought that when I'm out and about by myself, I always think, at least I have a bike lock. That's mm-hmm. your shiv. Exactly. He was the passenger, and the person who was driving was like, get back in the car. And then we're staring at each other, and his eyes are like filled with hatred. Again, because I'm gay, like, what? Yeah, what's like, your problem? What, what happened don't know each other. Like, what's the... So we're staring at each other. And then I reiterate what his friend said. I was like, get in the car. (laughs) And then he does. Were you surprised that happened? Yeah, I thought I was totally going to get knocked out. Yeah. Like it was definitely happening. Was your face like preparing for the bracing? I also was doing that thing where when something scary is happening to you, you scan to see like who are the witnesses, who might help me. Yeah, yeah. And breaking news. Were there any? No one's going to help you. (sighs) Like no one wants to get involved. Everyone was watching, but no one was like, oh, hey, let me get involved Mm, or something. So this happened in San Francisco, like we said, LGBT bastion of the quality and liberal. It is nuts. Oasis or whatever. This happened here and it happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you don't realize that you either don't have LGBT friends or you don't listen to them or your LGBT friends are too traumatized to talk to you about it mm-hmm. because this happens more than you think. And you can't just always be going up to your friends and being like, hey, guess what happened? Someone called me this today or yeah. something. Eventually, you just stop sharing the stories. It's either too impactful or you're just like, I'm not even going to give it energy. Yeah, spoiler yeah. alert, opening your chest and revealing yourself to people constantly and having to like spew out all this nasty stuff. Can be it exhausting. fun. Yeah, and this goes, obviously, for women on the street or anywhere in the, the workplace. The list is mm-hmm. endless. People of color, everyone goes through this, but we don't really talk about it. And then that kind of harms us in a way. Mm-hmm. Because you keep it bottled in. And then some people who maybe don't live those experiences don't realize what the true reality is. Because I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, well, now you can get married. Like, everything's good. Mm, like, no, fixed no, no. it. Mm. No. So when I got to work after all this happened, I pull up and there's a truck outside and it's a blood donation drive or whatever. I see that and I'm just like, oh, not today. Because all employees are encouraged to donate. However. However, mm-hmm. if you're a gay man, you can't. Because you probably have AIDS. I can't. I still can't. I can't believe that that's still like a a guideline or a law or whatever a protocol. Like that still blows my mind. It's crazy. And the scary thing about that blood giving ban is, I think that there are a lot of people who would outwardly say, "Yeah, that's outrageous," and secretly, in their secret heart, they probably quite agree with it, Mm -hmm. which is really troubling. Yep. Mm. A lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people don't realize you can still be fired in twenty eight states for being gay and thirty states for being trans. These kinds of things that we don't really talk about, or if you don't live in one of the states where this is happening, maybe you don't Or we accept them. It's like, what are you going to do? How are we going to change this? What are you going to do? Yeah, Yeah. it sucks. Yeah. So in a nutshell, this country is homophobic AF. Still, marriage equality did not change that. It is not. So bringing it back to James Mm -hmm. Franco and the people who write these kinds of shows and movies and things, they use being gay as an artistic choice or a joke or just like a plot line. But no one's really out here pretending to be gay because it's not actually safe. We've talked about on the show a lot, representation matters for marginalized people. Mm -hmm. And that's still true. But also certain representations that are warped or dishonest do a lot of harm. So so what do we do? 
So we can't control the James Francos of the world. Mm. We can't control what Hollywood deems appropriate to make. But we still have a hand in shaping our culture. And I think it's important that allies know that the fight isn't over. Your LGBTQ friends are being harassed on the regular. And knowing that, and knowing that we still have a fight ahead of us, is important. And it's not okay to just show up for pride and party, and then mm. that's where your allyship ends. Drink your margarita and then leave. Mm-hmm. So if someone says, that's so gay in front of you, call that person out. It seems like a little thing and innocuous, but it contributes to this homophobic culture that allows someone to try mm. to attack me for no reason. Jeez. It's not cool. Also, stop saying, I'm socially liberal, but I mm. vote for conservative homophobes. Mm. If you respect your pocketbook more than you respect my humanity, we're not cool. I don't want to hang out with you. Nope. Sorry. Absolutely not sorry. So all that said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but no one will make me less gay. Suck on that, homophobes (laughs) of the world. So we talked a little bit about identity tourism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we sure did. Mm-hmm. Get on your cruise ship. So now we're going to talk about plagiarism. Oh. Mm. So many mm-hmm. isms. So many isms today. <laughs> many of you, not that many, but many of you, watched the Grammys I did. Last week, I live right? tweeted it. You did. Know. And you looked fabulous as you did it. Oh, my gosh. But consider a blazer. Did you? People yeah. need to look back uh, at your Twitter feed. At excuse my beauty without the E. Thank you. <laughs> and I have five dollars, please. Here you go. Cool, thanks. So if you did watch the Grammys, which I'm assuming most of you didn't, other than Emmanuel, since viewership was down twenty four percent, you may have caught the performance or the duet from Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino, mm-hmm. and a random oh. child. Yes. <laughs> I remember him. This was a performance for the upcoming live action version of Lion King. Oh, is gonna he be Simba? Next week. He is Simba. I love it. So oh. Donald Glover is playing Simba and the oh, little sorry, boy. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant the kid was playing Simba. He's playing the child version and oh. Donald Glover is playing the adult version. Mm-hmm. This is wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Donald Glover's playing the Lilf version. Lion, I'd like to, you know. Oh, 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 the Lilf. The Lilf. <laughs> did we just say Lilf? I did. Well, not to co-opt too much of the culture, but I always had a thing for Nala. Oh. Uh-huh. Just saying. Okay. Who will be played by Beyonce, by the way. Yeah. Who just so, called up and said, I'm Nala now. Exactly. As someone on the internet said. John Oliver is going to be Zazu. James Earl Jones is coming back as Mustafa because, I mean, who else? Duh. We're excited about it, but I may have some bad news. Oh, no. Aww. We can't enjoy a single no. thing. I, not a single thing. So... We all know that The Lion King is a national treasure. Yeah. And that's been verified in the fact that it's won two, not one, but two Academy Awards, one Golden Globe, and in 2016, it was deemed, quote, culturally and historically or aesthetically significant by the United States National Film Registry and the Library of Congress. It is literally officially a national treasure. It's been deemed a national treasure. (laughs) Don't grab your popcorn just yet, because there may be evidence that The Lion King is a knockoff. Damn it. No. Yeah. With that said, I am not here to pass judgment. I because mean, please I, do, though. I tried to be a fair and balanced individual, one. And two, we know that Disney does not hesitate to snatch a wig. <laughs> and I love, I like my hair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that Lion King follows Simba, who loses his father. Oh, God, it's heartrending. After his uncle, like, sets up this plot, his uncle Scar sets up this plot. Scar is the worst. Oh, my gosh. The, the worst. That was the worst flash mob I've ever experienced. Oh. <laughs> Just the stampede taken out. <laughs> Did 
you have that joke lined up? No, I just thought of it. I'm just a genius. I'm a stable genius. <laughs> Carry on. I'm done. Bloody brilliant. So then you know that Scar manipulates Simba into thinking that it's his fault. So then he flees and then Simba goes off and gets a friendship with all these other animals. Cue Timon and Pumbaa. Eventually he's like, I got to go back home. I got to claim my, my rightful place. And throughout the film, he's got his sidekick Zazu. He's being advised by Rafiki, who mm. is a wise mandrill, which we thought was a baboon. Dead ass, though. Okay. <laughs> that red ass. <laughs> so then during moments of doubt, like Simba is like visited and gets guidance from beyond from his father, specifically, who appear in the clouds. His we father, James moment. L. Jones. Yes, yeah. Simba. And here he comes in the clouds. Lion King was released in 1994. Okay. Oh, has it been that long? It has. And it was a part of what was called the, quote, Disney Renaissance. Yes, with okay. like Beauty and the Beast oh, and yes. Little Mermaid. Oh, heady times. So I was like, I'd always wanted to live through the Harlem Renaissance. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Wrong Basically the same. <laughs> Basically similar. Basically the same. It was released in 1994, but production started in 1988. Oh. Okay. What and were the, they doing for six years? Listen, talking. Doesn't take that long Sketching. to do a line. Mm-hmm. So the biblical story of Joseph and Moses and William Shakespeare's Hamlet is officially credited as sort of like the inspiration for this film. Yeah, Hamlet yeah. was always the one I was told. Yeah, so it's you, Hamlet I mean, with lions. you are, you, our esteemed lit expert is in the room. Oh, me? Yes. I do have a degree. It's been a while. Though. Okay. It's been <laughs> a while I, I Shakespeare. agree with Carly. <laughs> <laughs> However, I recently discovered a foreign series with a similar plot, a little Japanese anime series from the 1960s called Kimba the White Lion. Uh Kimba like Simba? Kimba the White Lion. I thought it was going to be called like the Tiger Queen. Oh, no, honey. (laughs) So reportedly, the original version of The Lion King was way different than what ended up being the released version, which is what people are calling. Yeah, yeah. Like, how so? Is it Mm -hmm. dark? Calling Le Flod. So originally, the film was supposed to be done in like this documentary style. So they wanted to do some kind of like (laughs) National (laughs) Geographic type deal. No, stop. No, yes. what? It was going to yes. be a documentary. Yes. It was like, it wanted to, they wanted to do like a documentary <gasps> style type of deal. And then the original producer that they brought on, when they decided to go in the musical direction and they changed, he was like, I'm out. So then they shifted directions. They rewrote the script. They brought in people from Beauty and the Beast and a, a bunch of other folks to sort of like do some collaboration. And that's when things changed. Mm-hmm. That's when things got Kimba, the white lion, up in here. So basically, the English version of Kimba, the white lion, hit the U.S. back in 1966, which means that it is possible oh. that a- the animators at Disney saw it and before. sat on the idea for 30 <laughs> years. <laughs> before they went into production in 1988. There's so many similarities from Kimba to The Lion King that Matthew Broderick, who voiced Simba in oh, the I original film, that. said that he thought he was working on an American version of Kimba. Oh. So similarity. So both Kimba and the Lion King, the setting is the African savanna. In Kimba, there's a villain named Claw who looks just like Scar. Oh, the names are virtually identical. Yeah. Just saying, looks just like Scar. Four letters. And, Monosyllable. <laughs> and he's power hungry and he's trying to go after the throne just like Scar. Also in Kimba, there is a bird sidekick mm. named Polly Parrot. Mm-mm. So we know that your boy had Zazu. And two Polly. Also in Kimba... He has an older mentor named Daniel Baboon, oh. who is wise and leads him. Rafiki, it him. I'm just saying. It him. <laughs> okay. Although the circumstances are different in Kimba, the father, who is the king of the jungle, is lost. And after that, it sends the son into like a tailspin. He goes away somewhere. He has this whole discovery with other animals. And he comes back and he has to reclaim his rightful place in his homeland in the same way. I mean, you see the similarities. 
Period. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's there. It's so much so even though the Simpsons poked fun at it in an episode. They had a parallel in which Mufasa appeared from the clouds and he was like, Kimba. I mean, Simba. I mean, Kimba. <laughs> so oh. everybody sees it. So despite all of this, the director of Lion King, Roger Allers, claims to be unfamiliar with the Japanese series. However, allegedly, he worked in Japan as an animator in the 1980s. Here we go. He saw it. So in his defense, he did back away from production early on, and then he went off to work on Aladdin, one of your faves. Mm. (gasps) Oh, so he was basically put on, like, you know, seconded to Aladdin, like, you can't work on this anymore because it's going to be too obvious. Just back away, just back away. Naughty. So he said, quote, the whole time I worked on The Lion King, the name of that show never came up, at least not that I heard. Hmm. Okay. And also the rest of the Disney staff says they don't they have no idea. They've never heard of this. You know, they, it's Africa. There's baboons and, and birds everywhere. I mean, so there are frauds all around. I'm sure there are other examples in pop culture. Have you guys ever noticed somebody copying or plagiarizing another film or Well, you mentioned my favorite movie, Aladdin. Oh, yes. Aladdin did its thing and then Carly's favorite movie came along and oh. tried to steal things from it. And I don't like what hang on, what's my favorite movie? Titanic. Oh, mm. can you or can you not play the jingle <laughs> on the violin? I can play most of the Titanic soundtrack. See, so there's a scene in Aladdin where Aladdin is pretending not to be gay, but to be a prince. Mm, yes. <laughs> nice callback. And he has his little magic carpet and he wants Jasmine to ride on it with him. And he extends his hand. Mm, yes. And says the following. We could get out of the palace, see the world. Is it safe? Sure, do you trust me? Hold on. Keep your eyes closed. <laughs> do you trust me? I trust you. Come it's on. A, it's that a stretch. Was, I'll take that it. That was one. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll support your That choices. was one Kate Winslet. Also, and Leonardo DiCaprio. When Leo says that, he extends his hand and she takes it. And then they go to the front of the boat, as you remember. Mm-hmm. And then she extends her hands and is right in the front of the boat. And guess what Jasmine's doing on the front of the carpet oh. by extending her hands? And they're like, oh, my God, I can fly. Is it a reach, Carly? Is it a reach? <laughs> it's a reach, but I'm, I'm actually wondering whether it was calculated and cynical to appeal to those kids who grew up with Aladdin mm. our exact ages to kind of make their little synapses fire in their brain when they oh. see the same scene well, it in Titanic. It worked. Well, because I knew one example wouldn't be enough for Carly. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I brought a second one. I'm just all about empirical evidence. It's just really important to me. And I have it for you. Thanks. I can open your eyes. Boom. <laughs> Same scene for both of the movies. Yeah, Open no, I'll take eyes. that. I'll take that. Checkmate. I mean, mm. I didn't want to get into my example because we've already discussed it so much. You know what I'm going to say. Oh, gosh. You know I'm going <laughs> to say Stranger Things. <laughs> Here we go. Just saying. Just watch Poltergeist and it's all the other stuff. It's a Poltergeist rip-off. All the other stuff it rips off. You'll have a much better night. And if you want to hear more thoughts from Carly on this, <laughs> we have two whole episodes dedicated <laughs> To that comparison. There is a wealth of discussion on this topic. That's why I'm not entering into it again. For the fans. But you know what it boils down to? Who wore it better? Oh. Mm-hmm. To quote one Matt Nieto okay. from Facebook. Oh. <laughs> oh, that Matt. <laughs> why didn't you say? Why didn't you say? Who commented on a video posted by Today I Learned, which called out wow. the Kimba and Lion King parallels. Quote, I think what makes The Lion King so memorable and a masterpiece is the original music and score. Kimba didn't have Elton John bitches. (laughs) That is actually true. 
I love the way that this is wrapping up with you praising Elton John, <laughs> which we all should. To come up with a great idea and then watch somebody outdo you. It's the equivalent of we could have been, but like this could have been us, a national treasure of a film. But Johnny had a budget. So basically, The Lion King is a fraud, allegedly. And <laughs> everything from your childhood was a lie. Yeah. Life's a lie. Yeah. Live with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Peek and the Pick. Hey, the Peek and the Pick. Hey. You know what that song means. It's time for our Peek in the Pit, best and worst of pop culture this week. Who's being shitty this week? I don't actually know this to be true yet because the Super Bowl is happening this weekend. Today is Thursday. <laughs> um, and this comes out the following Wednesday. But I will go out on a limb and say the Pit of the Week is whatever Justin Timberlake <laughs> did at the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime wow. show. If only Nostradamus had had a time-limited We're podcast. just going to call it? We're just going to call it? I'm calling it. Okay. Because I'm imagining that he did not bring out Janet and have her expose one of his nuts. Sweet justice. Sweet, sweet justice. Right? Yeah. Just a peanut. Not for us, but sweet, sweet justice for Janet because nobody wants. I'm not nobody here for the... Yeah. I don't want to see that. Yeah. The only constant in life is change and Justin Timberlake being trash. I put all my poker chips on him doing something annoying and pit-worthy at the Super Bowl halftime show. So that's my pit of the week. I fully support that. Seasons change, dogs molt, but Justin mm. Timberlake stays the same. So pit of the week to Justin Timberlake. Just in perpetuity. Forever. <laughs> and if you're wondering where these feelings stem from, you should really read Emmanuel's essay about how Janet got shafted after that Super Bowl mm. performance. Social media sensation, that article. We also have a whole podcast episode about it. Yeah, yeah go find it. Yeah, yeah. So peak of the week goes to someone who I hope isn't problematic. I didn't do my research on his history, but his name is Little Uzi. Little Uzi Vert. He's the peak of the week? Here's why. It is Ooh, the take, thinnest let me of things. Can I, just, can I just confess that I thought it was pronounced there? <laughs> like oh, it's French. Like like French. That, that would probably be better. I wish he would have God, I'm a moron. <laughs> pretentious moron. And I'm, and I'm quite certain that it, that it is Lil. 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 Bon Iver. Mm. <laughs> so he was on the red carpet being interviewed by problematic non-fave, Julianne Rancic. Mm. Oh. And... She asked him a question of like, oh, what's next for you? Little Vair. Bonnie Vare said the following. What's next for you? Uh, waking up, eat some Pop-Tarts. That's it. Mm. It's just very relevant to my interests. I love Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I love waking up every day. He's got the right idea about many things in life. I, I just, I want you to preserve these feelings. So don't Google him and look for any oh, other Should no. we hand out a pit to him as well? No, he's just, uh, mm, he's just an interesting individual. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Your fave is problematic. <laughs> they all or they are. always, always are. Well, funnily enough, I have another peak. It could easily be also a pit. But I've decided to take the high road, be optimistic, let the sun shine on my face mm. and yours. Mm -hmm. Hello. And see this as a good thing. And it feels very trivial compared to everything else we've just spoken about. But <laughs> are you familiar with the band Toto? Mm, it sounds familiar. Rain in Africa. That's the one. Oh, yeah. Hit makers for such songs as Africa and Rosanna. Well, the big news is that Toto are back because they've realized that ironic Generation Z people have this faux, sincere appreciation of Toto's Africa 
namely on Instagram. It's a thing. Mm. Look it up. People really like listening to Toto's Africa. And so Toto have heard this and awakened from their slumbers (laughs) at the bottom (laughs) of the sea. And they're like, we've been called. It's like a Toto bat signal. So Toto were back with a song called Spanish Sea. Because you have to have the name of a place in the title. That is a winning formula for them, clearly. And this came on the radio, and I thought, oh, they're playing Toto's Africa. They were not playing Africa. They were playing the new song. Toto have just (laughs) re-released Africa and called it something new and tweaked a couple of things. And, like, why not be that brazen, live your best life, be Toto. (laughs) If ever you think that something's inappropriate, you don't have the courage of your convictions, just think, if Toto can (laughs) re-release... their old song from I think 30 years ago and call it something new and expect us to eat it up which we will you can do that thing too yes you don't have to plagiarize Michelle Obama you can plagiarize yourself exactly exactly so I just thought I would lead us out with first Toto's Africa which segues into its doppelganger the new song Spanish (laughs) wow cheers to that believe guys Hear the drums echoing tonight And she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation Hold tight my love, I'm stealing you away They were across the room You were speaking without words, you had so much to say Big thanks to our podcast papa, David Marcus. Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs for all original music you heard in this episode. Thanks also to our newest team member, Ashley-Ann Krigbaum, and also Steel Muller behind the glass. Until next week, you can find us on social media. I'm Excuse My Beauty without the first D on Twitter, with the first D on Instagram. <laughs> and I'm Jamitra Says on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Teacup in the Bay everywhere. Find us on the interwebs. <laughs> Bye. Dance upon the Spanish Sea yeah, yeah, yeah.